Welcome to Super Spoiler, a place where we spoil all the movies you love and those you have yet to watch. I'm JL and I'm Jojo and we will dive deep into a single movie and how we feel about it, whether these opinions are justified or not. This is our very first episode and we'll be starting off with dun 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 and you shall be the fellowship of the ring what what do you mean by what obviously we're going to be talking about the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring today for those who have been living under a rock and have never heard of this amazing epic movie in their life it's about a bunch of guys trying to destroy a ring in the most tedious way possible but hey, for you people living under a rock, you're not alone because apparently Jojo has never watched it in full before either. <laughs> but at least I've heard of it before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I really cannot believe that you haven't like watched it. Like even my brother watched it. <laughs> and my brother is like nine years younger than me. And then he decided to like look for the movie on his own when he was about, I don't know, fifteen. I don't know, I don't think when you're 15, you're fully able to understand this movie. I mean, I mean I'm watching it now, and I'm not going to say my age, but you know, at this age watching it, I still have a lot of questions. Alright. <laughs> but anyway, so we watch it. Uh, we wa- I-, I watched it for the first time over the weekend. Do you rewatch it? Yes, I rewatched it. I, okay, I used to watch it like... More often when I was younger. More often, more than once. You rewatched that yeah, more than once. Yeah, I rewatched it more than once. In fact, when oh I first. Oh my god. Okay, let me tell. Okay, first, let me tell you why we chose this movie, okay? Uh, basically, this is our first episode, and we wanted to choose a movie that was, well, not only recognizable, but also meant something to like, either of us. And this movie meant something to me. Like, it was the first movie that that really made me interested in movies. And I have been, like, obsessed with movies ever since. Yeah. So, I first found out about it, like... Actually, I first found out about it just before The Two Towers came out. Uh, in fact, okay, maybe not just, but like a few months, maybe in the August of that year, because I saw my friend reading the book, like The Fellowship of the Ring, and then it looked interesting, so she loaned it to me. And then when I was reading, like it was just such an absorbing epic tale that I just went to her and asked, are there more? And then she said, yeah, there are more. And in fact, yeah, th- like it was made into a movie too, and then she loaned me like this pirated version. Of- <laughs> the pirated version. Yeah, it was a pirated version of the Fellowship of the Ring, and then I watched it. Yeah, and then uh, I mean the quality was bad and all, but then I still love the movie so much. So I decided to go rent the actual VCD because back then there were actually VCDs. I mean, for people who have not heard of VCDs, they are basically like one step like poorer quality than <laughs> DVDs. I mean now we have Blu-rays and DVDs are a step poorer in quality than Blu-rays. So you can imagine how awful the DCD quality was. But anyway, my point is yeah so I I rented it 
then I think I rented it a few times until in the end I decided to buy the VCD. <laughs> you yeah, rented, rented it a few times? Oh wow. Yes, I rented it a few in fact I remember renting it for five dollars. Then I think I rented it twice for five dollars. Then afterwards I d- I just decided, hey, why don't I just own this copy that I've been renting? <laughs> I mean I should have just bought the an actual new version because I think the actual new version then was like nineteen dollars and ninety cents. But whatever. Anyway, this movie really meant something to me. Yep, so JL mentioned that that's what's special to her, but to me, I don't know, I don't think there's anything special to me. How I heard about it? Uh, I don't know, people were just talking about it, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, it's hard, it's hard to miss it. A lot of the rings uh, never really meant anything to me. <laughs> is, it, is it very bad? Does it sound like bad? But I mean, I mean, not everyone has the same taste. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. But I do have to agree, like, you know, it's filmed beautifully. And I remember when I was watching it. Oh, uh, did I also mention that JL, like, made me watch the extended version, which was, like, 3 hours and, like, 30 minutes plus. So, poor me. Can you imagine I had to sit through this thing for, like, one sitting? Well, if you are going to watch a movie, (laughs) you should watch the definitive extended versions that the the theatres may not have had, like, time to play but everybody well at least die hard lot of the rings fans agree is the only version you should be watching (laughs) yeah and that's the only version i've watched so thanks to jl so yay cheers yeah but anyway i I couldn't finish it in one sitting because i do actually i do feel that it's quite heavy and it's i don't know is it because of me I, i i watch it with subtitles but i still find it difficult to like follow especially like all the names are just so Oh, uh, not easy to remember. <laughs> like who? Who is he? Like what? What's he like? You know, like it got a bit confusing la, for me. Yeah, yeah. So I stopped watching it uh, after the the fellowship is formed, and I was like, okay, that's it. That's it for the day. And I continue watching it um the next day. So good place to pause if anyone wants to watch the extended version. And yeah, that's the place you can pause. <laughs> hey, fun fact: if you bought the extended version DVDs. The first disc ends exactly after the fellowship was formed too. So even the filmmakers agree that it's a nice place to pause. Yeah, I should be a filmmaker too. <laughs> I'll like probably just stop it there. Okay. Yeah, anyway. It is a very long movie, I agree. Yes, it is. And also, it is quite difficult to remember everybody's names. I think that when I first watched it, I also had a hard time getting who is who and what is what. But you know what? I didn't have trouble like getting who Legolas is. Like <laughs> <laughs> Legolas. I have feelings about Legolas and a lot of them are not positive. But we will talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So we shall go deep into the plot. Okay, as a person who have who has read the books, let me tell you my impressions of it. Like I remember when I was, when I first watched it, I was just thinking of all the things that were different between the books and the movies and how I disliked the sacrilege of, you know, putting in characters where there were no characters. Cough, cough, Arwen. (laughs) And then what's wrong with you? She's awesome. I mean, yeah, she's awesome and I completely understand now why they put her in, but I mean, when I was first watching it, I was pretty young then and all I wanted 
was like something that was as true to the books as possible. So besides that, what else is different? Because I've never read the books and I don't think I'll ever read it. <laughs> yeah, there was this um, very quirky character called Tom Bombadil. So apparently he was like uh, this immortal creature which for whom the ring has no sway over him. Like, I think... Uh, okay, is he an elf or what? Like a no, dwarf? He, or... he isn't. He's like some sort of... Um, well, he's not exactly a man either, but he's very... immortal. Like, he's just very strange creature, which... Uh, okay, it's been a while since I've read the books, but I just mm. remember him as being this very strange, but still rather powerful creature who is very content to live alone with his wife Goldberry in the woods somewhere. I mean, okay, when reading a book, you have to know that there's this very long stretch of journey where it's just the four hobbits like uh, uh, traveling towards Rivendell. They haven't even met Aragorn or Strider as mm-hmm. was known then. Yeah, so there was this many chapters where they were just wandering in the woods, uh, traveling, and then this is how they met Tom Bombadil. Yeah, the movie compresses that part into like the first hour or so, I think. Uh, because they met they met Strider slash Aragorn very quickly. But then anyway, in the book, it was a very long, very descriptive part where if you had no patience, you'll give up on the book. Yep, sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, Tom Bombadil appears in that part. But then uh, because he's just such a strange creature who doesn't seem to be very uh, interested in the affairs of Middle-earth rather than like a general vague wish for evil to not prevail. But even so, I mean, he's, he's not the kind that will... Well, he doesn't seem like the kind that will actively go and fight evil. He will just live his life on his own. So the movie cut that out, which is a very wise choice. Yeah. And then, I mean... Like I said, Arwen, she wasn't supposed to be the one rescuing Frodo and bringing him to the fort. Yeah, uh, it was supposed to be Glorfindel. Like he was this high elf from Gondolin who was reincarnated from the Second Age because he died fighting a Balrog or so. But okay, you have to remember, I haven't read the Silmarillion, which is the kind of prequel to the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, for a very long time, so I can't exactly remember why and how he was reincarnated. But anyway, yeah, it was supposed to be him. But oh, I guess, I I mean, I understand why you have Arwen come in to rescue Frodo instead. Because if they didn't, then Arwen would probably not appear in the movie at all <laughs> because she barely appeared in the Fellowship of the Ring or even in the Two Towers. In fact, she didn't appear in the Two Towers or... Okay, she appeared at the end of the Return of the King in the books. Yeah, but other than that, she didn't like really appear much in the books at all. Her love story with Aragorn was mostly told in the appendices of the books itself, which is kind of like the footnotes. Yeah, that's yeah, a good thing, I guess, that they changed it up. Yeah, but even so, when I first saw her, I was quite indignant because I'm a purist. And I like to see books, I mean, movies that were adapted from books be as close to the source as possible. But oh well. 
part of never read the books. <laughs> I've seen the I've seen the cover. <laughs> Does it count? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna sound like a dumb blonde. I'm not dumb, neither am I blonde, so <laughs> let's talk about Legolas. Legolas. Because in the books he wasn't very I, I don't know, I didn't feel that he was very prominent because I don't remember much of him when I was reading the book. The part about Legolas that I remember most... Okay, wait. There are two parts. Okay, One was on top of Caradras when it was snowing very heavily. And then, he, and then he says, I go find the sun. I think it was the I go find the sun that made me think of him as <laughs> one of Peter's elves. Because it just sounded like a very... <laughs> I go find the sun. That sounded like Singlish. Was he from Singapore as well? <laughs> Kiddish. And then I think the description after that was that he bounded away or something <laughs> to go find <laughs> Yeah, and then the other part was when he said, I, I, a Balrog is come, a Balrog is come. That was, of course, in the minds of Moria when they first saw the Balrog. And then he was just wailing. Yeah, in fact, I vaguely remember the description being, I, I, a Balrog is come, Balrog is come, like last will. Like... <laughs> Does it sound like something that, I don't know, Lord Elrond would say, or Gal- Galadriel would say? I mean, honestly, <laughs> you really cannot fault me for not thinking of him in the books as, like, as glamorous. So because of this, you think he's short? That's like, I don't know. No, <laughs> I thought of him as a Santa's elf, uh, and Santa's elves are short and all that. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow. The Fellowship of the Ring mostly was okay. I mean, in terms of like what they did and didn't hold true to canon. I mean, in terms of those, in terms of things that irk me most about about not following canon, I think it would be the Two Towers. But we'll leave that discussion for another day. Like, whoa, the Two Towers was full of things that made me so angry when I first watched it. I mean, I, I love the movie, of course, but it still made me so angry with, like, how they treated the characters from the book. Oh, that's, that's just you. Thankfully, I've never read the book, and I doubt I will. I'll probably, like, get confused with the names, like, within the first page, but, yep. Okay. Yeah, but I have to say, like, the CGI was so good. Like, during the opening scene... Uh, where the battle, uh, they were like showing the battle scenes, and then uh, they were like, you know, like slicing off um Sauron's fingers. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, and I have to say, I'm sorry to say this, but we just watched like Wonder Woman last week, and the CGI was like so much better than Wonder Woman scene. Like, hello, like that that movie was like done like twenty years ago. It's amazing how well the CGI has held up. Like even now, yeah, it could have been made now. And, and yeah, and I would think it, it, would, it would be so epic. Hey, but you know what? I mean, I'm kind of glad that it wasn't made now because if it was, I'm pretty sure that the movie would have kind of suffered for it. Because, right. I mean, okay, if you had watched uh, the Hobbit trilogy, mm-hmm. then you'll know that um, Peter Jackson like, added in a whole ton of CGI in those movies and I, and they really oh. did look fake. 
yeah. it was because of like IMAX, is it? Or do you think like the 3D effects and then for the IMAX audience, that's why it was like done like that. Because I, mm-hmm. I watched I watched The Last Hobbit in in 3D IMAX and I realized that there were some scenes, uh, they, they were filming it in a way where uh, the, the, the 3D audience can experience like some kind of like 3D-ness to it. But I thought it was actually quite redundant, uh, though. You know, if it's well done, it's really quite amazing. But a lot of the times, I, I thought that it was quite redundant. So maybe nah. there weren't like such limitations back then. Nah, I don't think it was because of the IMAX or 3D effect. I just think that uh, Peter Jackson just wanted to add in a whole ton of orcs, goblins. <laughs> he just wanted to up the sticks. And then so he just dumped in a lot more CGI orcs and goblins. Whereas if you realise, a lot of the scenes in The Lord of the Rings themselves were actually filmed with actual actors. Mm-mm-mm. I thought the ox were pretty scary. <laughs> like I got a shot when they showed the ox and I was like, whoa! Whereas for scenes like, um, you know, in The Hobbit, there was this uh, barrel chase scene down a river with a lot of goblins, ox chasing them. I think it was in the second part of the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah, and they just looked so fake. Like, like they did not actually go to mm. a river to film. Green screen ruined them all. <laughs> Oh, one other scene I do like is the overview of the... Yeah, I think I mentioned this just now. The overview of the Shire. But it's not only that, but it's the music that accompanies it as well. Like, it's the... It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a part where uh, JL can help us sing, like JL sing. Yeah, exactly this part. Yeah, so so when I was hearing it, well, uh, even though I was watching it for the first time, like I heard this like piece of music. Uh, you know like before la. and then when I heard it I actually had goosebumps like I was wondering like you know when they were making this movie and the, the person was composing this piece yeah I was just wondering like you know do they know that it's gonna be such an epic piece of music like yeah, yeah. interesting well I guess they never actually know that you know it's gonna be well received or not but you know watching it like being so successful and then, yeah and I think Lord of the Rings has good OST because it's not only this like right yeah, it's not only this. There's also dun 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 da da da. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To the of Kazadum, and then <laughs> running through the hall in the mines of Moria, and then the epic music plays. Yeah, I love that part. Mm, yeah, I and I too. also love the part where we, where you know, just after they leave Rivendell, and then you see them wandering through mountains and. I don't know, there are lots of helicopter shots of mountains and bridges and, I don't know, grass and whatever. And then you see the entire fellowship. Yeah, and then they, they have that theme music for the fellowship for the first time. And then you see all the individual members one by one. Mm. Yeah, so that was pretty majestic as well. I have another favourite part of the music, which I haven't talked about yet. It starts from when... Frodo is looking out over the water and trying to decide whether he should go off alone. After Frodo leaves, they will mm-hmm. cut off to, you know, uh, Boromir on the boat, like, going over the falls of Roros, which is, like, the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it was Gimli who said, uh, so the fellowship has spilled, then... Then Aragorn says, not while we hold true to each other. Uh, we shall not they literally them. hold each other. <laughs> yeah, correct. And then, is it, and then Aragorn says, not, uh, we will not abandon Merry and Pippin to torment and death. Let's hunt some orc. And then yeah. they, 
then they run off into part two. Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts because the music then was just so beautiful and so stirring. Like, yeah, I just love that part. Like, whenever yeah. I whenever I listen to the OST, like, yeah, that that is one part of the music that I absolutely have, have to listen to. Mm. Yeah. Don't you think music like makes up like a very good portion of the of the movie like helps you bring the ambience like helps you to make like you feel this epicness and like the sadness as well so out of all the characters who do you like most who do i like most let me guess what aragon (laughs) i don't know i think that it would be gandalf actually the gray but i like gandalf the gray a lot because of his hat what a strange reason to like someone <laughs> because he was wearing a nice hat. <laughs> I mean, it was like a proper wizard's hat. I mean, <laughs> Gandalf the White, he had no more hat. Damn. So, okay, the last time that we see him with his hat was like, you know, in the in the in Moria and just before they are about to battle like all the, the horde of, of orcs and goblins and whatnot. Then he throws the hat aside and then the ox come in and try to go through the barricade. And then I was quite sad about that because, yeah, I mean, as we all know, he died. Sure. <laughs> Do you know who who's my favourite character? Who? Legolas. No, I just like his face. I don't like him. <laughs> Dr- drum roll. I like Arwen. Arwen. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do like her. I remember when I was younger, while I was like replaying on TV, like there's this scene where she like summons like the I don't know river horses <laughs> to drown the Death Eaters look alike. <laughs> they don't look like Death Eaters. They look like Dementors. Oh, Dementors! No, actually, Dementors look like them, right? Because a lot of the reef came out. Oh first. yes, correct. Yeah, they Dementors look like them, correct. <laughs> Yeah, so she was like this badass, you know, like summoning like the river horses. Yeah. yeah. And I do like that part. Oh yeah, and I have to say that CGI, yeah, it looks really, really good as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I think one of the reasons why like they, they replaced with her is because I think I heard it from somewhere saying that like tokens didn't are tokens? Token. Token. Like token didn't didn't write in a lot of female characters and they didn't really have any like prominent uh, uh, or like important roles in the book, lah. I think that was. Oh, uh, it could have been the Hobbit. I'm not too sure, but I've heard. I've heard like of this. That's why they included like a a a, a more yeah a stronger presence of female character. Mm. Yeah, actually, that is true. I mean, it's a very male centric fantasy. I mean, the fellowship is made entirely out of men. I mean, the only females that are given any prominence in the book are Galadriel, who appears. Like That's Kate Blanchett. Yeah, like very Ooh, shortly like. in the Fellowship of the Ring and also very shortly in the Return of the King. And Eowyn, but Eowyn only comes into prominence in the two towers. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to say like is Eowyn like Arwen's sister? But then when you say came into the two towers, I remember her like she's this like blonde long hair lady, right? Yes. Who eventually said something like, I am no man. Yeah. <laughs> Is that her? Yeah, yeah see? Her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was one of the strongest portrayals of mm. female. But then if you were to... Okay, the strongest. 
Yeah. She killed him. <laughs> yeah, she killed she killed a Nazgul and it I think not just a Nazgul but the chief Nazgul. Yeah, so well, I have no idea who they are, so <laughs> the Nazgul are the ring race, you know, the uh, uh, chief. <laughs> uh chief ring race, okay. Cool. Okay, let me tell my favorite parts of the movie. Okay, I have a few, especially in the minds of Moria. Okay, the reason why I like that so much is because, I mean, the fellowship was, all nine of them were only together for a very short while before, you know, they all went their separate ways. And, and then they started going, their, they started breaking up when Gandalf died. So the minds of Moria was kind of the most, uh, major part that oh. they were all together. Yeah, I mean there was like the traveling parts in between before that, which I think took about forty days. But then that was a pretty short time. The book as compared to the Minds of Moria. Yeah, so that's why I love the Minds of Moria scene a lot. And also, you know, there's the whole mm. epic part, like just before they meet the Balrog. Then uh, there's this action scene, which was not in the book, but then, I mean, it made the movie, like, more exciting. Like, like you know, the toppling staircase. That part was pretty epic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. That was really cool. I thought they were just going to jump, because I was, like, thinking, why, why aren't they jumping? Like, just jump, like, you're Aragorn, you can jump. I'm sure nothing's going to happen to you. But, but you know, they, they decided to go with, like, the staircase falling. So I thought I thought it was quite smart, lah. So I guess Aragorn is not only uh the one with muscle, but is he's also the one with brains. <laughs> yeah, and then of course the whole "you shall not pass" thing. Actually, the thing that I found very interesting about this "you shall not pass" dialogue is that it is a bit different from the two towers because in the two towers, uh, there's this prologue where they t- where they kind of show you what happens to Gandalf after he falls whereas like in the fellowship they just show you what happens in the rest of the fellowship yeah and they kind of swap around the placement of the dialogue a, a bit like Gandalf's dialogue in fellowship I think he says go back to the shadow the dark fire will not avail you film Hudun. and then whereas in the two towers he says the dark fire will not avail you first and then afterwards go back to the shadow my memory may be failing me a bit, but then there was a stop around the dialogue because I did kind of compare it. Wow. Like when I was watching it for the umpteen time. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, that was that's an interesting part if you found it interesting. I would have never noticed that. You know the part where Arwen was being chased by all the ring wraiths, like towards the fort? Like actually in the books it was nine ring raves. And actually, in the movies, it's supposed to be nine ring raves too. But I have ever, because they have this overhead, mm. like, white shot. You they can see the horses. Mm. So, I paused it, and I did, I paused it. Why would anybody do that? Why? Because <laughs> it didn't look right to me, and it wasn't okay. right. Because there, How many were there? Because when I paused it and counted, there were only eight ring raves. Wow. Yeah, so I have never understood <laughs> oh. that part. Like, why did I maybe one? Uh huh. <laughs> maybe one what? One had a slow horse. <laughs> it was out of frame. <laughs> yeah, like real. But honestly, I mean, if you're going to do that, then you should have just. I mean, if the filmmakers were going to make that scene, they should have just like put in nine ring waves. Like, why do you just? I don't know. Put in eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, I have I have no comments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but oh yeah, and then I have to tell you this thing that I just noticed for the first time out of all my times of watching it. Okay, there was this scene where uh they were fighting the Uruk High towards the end, and then there was this part where I mean it's a very wide shot, and then you see Legolas like shooting his arrow in the forest continually at the Uruk High. For the first time, I noticed that. Aragorn was in the background with another Uruk High grappling against like a tree. <laughs> really? Yeah, because previously my eye has always been drawn towards Legolas. And then suddenly this time around, I don't know why, I just suddenly noticed Aragorn like grappling kind of like awkwardly and slowly with another Uruk High somewhere. I thought you were gonna say like he counted the arrows in the uh, and how how many he shot and then how come it doesn't tally with the arrows in his quiver or something. Oh no, no. <laughs> so right now, who do you think uh out of the cast, who do you think is the most successful actor? I mean, after all, uh, a lot of them is actually such a big, big successful franchise. Actually, to be honest, none of them have really kind of broken out to become superstars. I would say, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, for for the amount of success that the Lord of the Rings had, you didn't you don't get I mean, if you compare it even to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I mean every one of the Avengers now has like an amazing career. You and Marvel. Can I can I just like you like Lynn like she been and say like like JL like loves Marvel, like Marvel's like her life. Yeah, sure. And Chris's. Okay, but back to yeah, back to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but but I the cast of the Lord of the Rings just didn't get that kind of fame. Okay, I mean you have Viggo Mortensen who is Aragorn. Uh then again he has always been a character actor who likes to do indie movies. So I'm not too surprised that he's like not in huge blockbusters and also he's like 60 years old now or something so, oh, 60? yeah it's amazing oh, he's yeah. 60 i still can't believe it in fact ian mckellen was 60 when he played gandalf oh wow just imagine Goodness. mortensen can play gandalf now yeah but anyway i'm looking at green book i don't think so lah. <laughs> yeah and then there's Orlando Bloom. I mean, for a while there, Orlando Bloom looked like he would be the most successful. I mean, he had the Pirates of the Caribbean mm. series. But then, uh, yeah, he just mm. kind of fell off the radar. I mean, now, actually, I think we know him most because uh, he married uh, and divorced Miranda Kerr. And then now he's like together with Katy Perry. But I mean, that's, that's mm. another thing. Yeah, and then there is... Um, Sean Bean, who plays Boromir. Yeah, he was in Game of Thrones. Yeah, so that was the biggest thing. But then you also have to remember when he was in Game of Thrones, he was only in season one of Game of Thrones. Yeah, and but I mean, everybody remembers him in Game of Thrones mostly because, uh, because his death was just <laughs> so iconic. And see... Heroes die and they don't revive. Uh, they totally <laughs> do revive in shows that are not Game of Thrones. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. By the way, I've never watched like Game of Thrones. Like I never watched like one episode. All right. Yeah. Uh, 
well, it is a very long series, and it's mm. and it has even more characters than the Lord of the Rings. So I really don't oh. think that you'll be able to <laughs> not you'll be able to keep track of any of them. I could yeah. barely keep track of any of them. <laughs> yeah, so that that's Sean Bean, but I didn't really think of him as a blockbuster actor or so. So that was it. But I really thought that Elijah Wood would, you know, become more popular. But then, I mean, he's been doing, like, very small projects. I don't know. Was it a choice? Okay. Then again, I mean, I don't... I can't really imagine him in, like, a Marvel movie or, like, in a Mission Impossible movie or, you know, your typical (laughs) blockbuster. So, oh well. I do wish that the Fellowship, like, had a bigger blockbustery career, but to each their own. Alright, so I guess that's about all that we have for you today uh, talking about the Fellowship of the Ring. We will probably have more to say if we ever get down to watching The Two Towers and The Return of the King. What do you mean by no? I mean, you can't do just The Fellowship of the Ring without talking about the other two movies. Uh, well, I guess you're right, but not not too soon, please. <laughs> By the way, Law of the Rings fans, please forgive Jojo <laughs> for such sacrilege <laughs> and just wanting to watch only part one. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, we will see you guys again next week. Soon. Yes. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you're subscribed to Super Spoiler on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review with a 5-star rating. We appreciate it so much. See you next week!